Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the You Can Do It Too podcast. My name is Mamadou Balde, and I'm your host. This podcast has two objectives. To provide a platform for minority professionals to share their inspiring stories and to inspire minority students to believe that their options are unlimited and that they can be whoever they desire to be. I hope this podcast ignites that fire inside of you and pushes you to strive to be the best you. On this podcast, I will be bringing minority guests from a variety of professions, engineering, medicine, entrepreneurship, law, business, etc., who will be sharing their journey to where they are today with you. I hope that these stories will inspire you to believe that whatever your goal or your dream is, you can do it too. Wow, wow. Today, we welcome a very special guest on the Mamba Inspired podcast. Cody. Cody is a project manager at Apple. That's his day job. When he comes back home, he's doing his work. He's an entrepreneur and a continuous learner. Cody was born in Nigeria and moved with his family at a young age to the United States in Houston. When they got here, they struggled a lot, but Cody managed to defy the odds, climb every mountain, every challenge, with the motivation of trying to help his family, help his mom. He managed to work hard, and today he built a life for himself, which allowed him to take care of the people that he cared the most about. This is an amazing story. Please tune in. Let's jump right into it. So let's start by just how are you doing with everything going on right now around the world? I know 2020 was definitely crazy. 2021 seemed a little bit okay, but we are still recovering uh, from 2020. So how are you doing with family and everything? Oh, all is well. I can't complain. Uh, mom's good. Um, I have moms in America. So it's my mom, my two brothers. Um, yeah, everything's good. I can't complain. We didn't, you know, thankfully none of us caught COVID. So um, yeah, just life is good. I'm, I'm really, really blessed. So um, nothing, you know, I, th- I took, I enjoyed, I don't say I enjoyed COVID, but I took quarantine to really, really grow myself and learn a lot of things and, you know, just eat better and just, you know, meditate and, you know, work out and, it was really good for me personally. Um, and I saved a lot of money too. So that's what it's good. <laughs> yeah. We looked aside, look, look, we looked at the right side of things. Definitely 2020 made a lot of people take some time and think about the things that they really care about. Yep. Right. And you have to. Yeah. For many of us, it was a lot of growth moments. Right. I guess one question that I would ask you, uh, what, what are you most grateful for? Hmm. Man. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm grateful for life. I don't know. I'm grateful for that. I have, you know, arms and legs and like, cause you know, it's, it's very easy to be like, think about like, Oh, like work is stressful or I don't have this figured out. I don't know what this is or whatever it may be, but you know, like at the base, like, you know, we have our health, you know, we have our family you know, like, um, that's what I'm grateful for is just like the little things that, that I have that I can wake up every day and be like, wow, you know, I'm here. Um, cause a lot of people, you know, are, are not in our situation, you know? So I was actually driving, I was biking this morning 
and I biked past this homeless encampment. And I was thinking like, while I was biking, I was trying to de-stress from the week and work and thinking about all my projects. And um, I was biking past homeless encampment. I'm just like, they're just worried about what they're gonna eat next. I'm over here worried about, oh, how am I gonna figure this thing out for Apple? You know what I'm saying? That's at least they're, they're trying to eat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's, it's like a different level. So it's like resetting and figuring out that like, you know, it could be a lot worse. So thankful for like the, the base things. Definitely, definitely. That that that's a great point. And yeah, it's it's definitely sometimes easy to just think about. I mean, everybody have their own challenges, the things that they're going through, right? And sometimes you are so focused on the things that's happening to us, mm-hmm. and it's pretty easy to forget that what wherever we are, whatever dark hole we are in, it's not as dark as what other people in. And it's just good to be able to know. Uh, where we're coming from and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. So I, I saw that you're working at Apple. Uh, how long have you been working there? Uh, seven months now. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I started in September, September, October, well, October, November, December, January, February, March. Yeah, so almost six months. Yeah. 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 That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. What does your job consist of there right now? um project management so managing a few projects around um like a lot of data analytics projects um around i own i don't know if i can even speak too much about what i do but um just because we have a lot of confidentiality you don't have to you don't have to yeah but it's just essentially like my 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 role is around like project management for like a lot of our um data analytics projects um things essentially improve our capital expenditures process um so yeah was this your first job out of college or no i've been working for the past four years i was at samsung as an engineer oh wow samsung Mm -hmm. that's amazing i have a lot of friends who did that internship with samsung what made that uh move uh from samsung to apple uh i was an engineer uh i was an engineer at samsung and it was it was good you know it was good experience but um i got to the point where i wasn't feeling challenged anymore um so i wanted a new challenge and I got contacted by a recruiter at Apple, and I thought it was going to be an engineering role, but it ended up being a project manager role. So it's kind of a shift in my career, um, which has been good, but it's it's a big transition. So um, that was why the switch was. I wanted a new challenge, and Apple is not disappointed and and challenged. <laughs> so. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's one thing that us young people have uh, uh, have the m- mindset of right now: the ability to to figure out what what we want. Uh, out of our career, right? And be able to shift gears uh, to, to be able to accomplish it. I feel like uh, our older, our parents, right? And the people that came before that, they felt like they needed to commit to a company for the rest of their life. Yep. And they yep. felt they didn't want to move too much. Yep. Yeah. No, that's, def- that's definitely true. It's, I think it's, it's, it's a different dynamic now because now we have a lot more opportunities to like there's just so much more now, like different ways to like make money. You don't have to have a conventional job. Like you could be an entrepreneur, you could be on Instagram, you could be on YouTube, you could be on Twitter, you could be on LinkedIn. You know what I'm Like there's so many different ways yeah. you, you can have a stream of revenue. So it's like, there's no reason why you should be stuck to one place for the rest of your life when it's like, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, you know what I'm saying? So that's definitely facts. Definitely. Yeah, one thing that I heard earlier, one of my mentors said that, yeah, I come to work I come to this place and do my job uh, where I'm getting paid, but whenever I go home, I go and do my work, right? And she she spent some time 
the work that she's doing is what's going to bring her meaning in life is is her legacy right but she still need that job to be able to do her work because yeah. you need to pay the bills what's up yeah one thing that i, I definitely learned uh, as i'm starting i, I just started uh, working with exxon mobil and one thing that i definitely learned uh, is that in college they really teach your society teaches us right just hold up study as much as you can and get a good job always shoot for those big companies i don't feel like many many kids really take time to look into companies and say okay i i really want to work for this company because i really believe in this company this is something i want to do for the rest of my life right sometimes they just look at what's the hardest company around and i want to be working for that company right yeah. Yeah, many times people come in these companies and they just feel miserable because they don't like the job, right? And they forget why they why they start even doing the things that they're doing. Can you talk yep. a little bit about that? Oh, about just like working at a big company like just that struggle of like Yeah, what what would be your advice I guess in terms of like college students just looking for jobs? Um, hmm. I would say that like you mentioned like the like the big company is is great and it's 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 definitely always looks good on your resume but um if you don't know you know what I'm saying what you want to do like you have to know what you want to do first you know what I'm saying yeah. so wherever you go you're going to be miserable um if you don't know what you're going to you don't know what you want to do if you don't have any direction so I would say figure out like what you know what you're passionate about what you care about um get a mentor um early on that's very important um mm-hmm. and then don't stress too much about what company you're at because some people are like oh i need to be at the apples the googles the facebooks you know whichever it may be but you know so you can start off at a startup and gain like significant experience um and like go and like be a lot better than some of these people at these companies you know what i'm saying yeah. like even at at samsung like um a lot of people like in my the role i was doing at samsung some people were like um man like i think we're you know i'm so pigeonholed in this like i don't know if we can because it was i was doing chemical engineering you know mm-hmm. <laughs> very different from what i'm doing now um and a lot of people are like man we're so pigeonholed doing chemical engineering like we're, we're only gonna be chemical engineers for the rest of our lives like how do we get out of it and it's like you know if you stick to your situation and you think like oh because i'm here because i'm doing this i can't do anything else like you're going about it the wrong way so it's like you can always like wherever situation you end up you get in this like even your first job you get in like you're not stuck there you know what i'm saying don't think that if i'm here i'm stuck here it's like you can always mm-hmm. invent yourself you can always learn take time on your days off on your weekends like study do what you need to do to get to where you want to be whether it's google exactly. facebook the startup your own entrepreneurship your own business you know you're not you're never stuck um you just yeah. have to have the drive to you know to get out yeah and uh, and i really feel like it's it's not about the company that as you said it's not about the company that you are working for it's mm-hmm. about the values that you are gaining that's going to mm-hmm. make you more market, marketable mm-hmm. and, and reliable right you want to have enough value where you're not even going to worry about what job you're going to have the next time because you know people going to come to you people going to need you yep. right? and i feel like the best the best way for you to acquire that those kind of values is for being happy at the things you are doing when you are happy about your job you're really going to strive harder to get those values mm-hmm. right yeah definitely no definitely i agree 100% yeah. let's go back to the beginning uh to your childhood where where were you born i was born in nigeria yeah i grew up in nigeria when did you, came, when, when did you come to the us when i was 11 yeah so 11. wow yeah 
So 11 years old, I grew up in Lagos um, and I came to Houston, Texas. Um, I don't know if you want to hear more, <laughs> a whole lot of story. <laughs> sure, sure. That's amazing because I have a very similar story. I came from Guinea about when I was 12 and came straight to Beaumont, Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Beaumont? Oh, wow. That must have been, that must have been different. <laughs> That's what everybody say. That's yeah. what everybody say. But <laughs> I was in Beaumont Center, like in the, in the center of the city where there were a lot of black people around but oh good okay yeah i definitely felt uh, what everybody's thinking about uh in football games and stuff like that yeah 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 no it's definitely it's hard adjusting like i'm not sure how um things are in guinea but just like there's a big culture shift you know coming to america just you know socially just everything you know learning like it's a big big shift <laughs> and yeah. you know, kids aren't very uh aren't very nice at that age so <laughs> you really learn to uh, learn how to how to have tough skin it's a lot of things yeah when was your first fight uh, i never i don't think i ever got into a fight i was just bullied a whole lot because i was really small so i didn't fight okay. i was just always bullied <laughs> well, uh, yeah but it was cool like it was like i you know in growing up in nigeria you know you it's very just you know teachers are always t- everybody's just tough you know like so you know, getting getting bullied, you know, calling all get all the names about being Nigerian and, you know, accent and all these different things. Like to me, I was just like, you know, what whatever you can tell me is nothing compared to what my teachers would do to me in my in Nigeria or my, you know, just, you know, the whippings I would get, you know, what I'm saying like words cannot literally cannot hurt me. <laughs> you know, definitely our parents prepare us for that. They, exactly. they give us enough whoopings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, you know, I'm um whatever you're saying is is whatever you're saying, but it's you're not beating me, so I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. What was your favorite uh, or most memorable moment uh, when you were growing up in Nigeria? I know you left at a young age, but what were some moments that you really make you homesick about Nigeria growing up there? Um, to be honest, oh, I mean, playing soccer. I used to like I used to play soccer a lot. Oh um, yeah, oh yeah, that's one. Yeah, yeah, I used to, I used to play a lot. I was, I was goalie. I, I miss. I miss playing soccer as much as I used to because now I don't play soccer at all. Um, yeah. I play, I more so play basketball, but I miss, you know, growing up and playing soccer. But that's really all I got. I really don't remember too much about Nigeria, um, yeah. to be honest. So um, I think that's probably the main thing. Okay, let me do some calculation, quick calculation here in engineering. So I'm assuming you've been working for four years, right? So you are about 26, 27. 26, yeah. Turn 26. 26. Yeah. So you came here at 11, uh, that's about 15 years ago, mm-hmm. that's in 2008, yep. about 2007, 2008, yep. so yep. you watched the World Cup 2006 when Italy beat France. Uh, yeah, I remember that, I remember that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but I definitely remember uh, remember some of it. Uh, I'm, my- sure, I'm sure you watched 2010 World Cup when that... Asamoah hit the ball with the with the hand. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. I, 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 my memory isn't, <laughs> isn't isn't the best, so I don't. I don't remember that one. But I definitely def remember um, those times. So yeah, definitely Nigeria soccer team and Ghanaian soccer team and maybe Egypt nowadays. There are there are our African contenders to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some uh, you? So you came to the U.S. with your parents, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. hard. Yeah, parents and brothers. Yeah. Pa- parents and brothers. Okay. So I'm sure that was a definitely a big change for them also. 
and I'm sure they 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 grew up in a Nigerian culture. And you coming into Houston, you were starting to learn the American culture a little bit. How hard was 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 for them to balance uh, teaching you that Nigerian culture because that's very integral to our growth and success versus letting you explore the American culture. Oh, my, we didn't have time to because it was just my mom. After a while, my dad kind of like phased out, so. Mm-hmm. She didn't really have time to kind of teach us the culture. It was just kind of like we're trying to survive. Um, so it was just a lot of just yeah, trying to <laughs> trying to make it. Um, so yeah, didn't really have time to like. I mean, growing up, she tried to like she tried to teach us Igbo, which is you know my language, but um, my dad didn't want us to learn it when we came to America. Um, he wasn't really around, and we were just trying to you know figure it out. So we didn't really like we lost kind of our culture. Um, and I didn't really gain it back, to be honest, until I got to college where I like joined our African Student Association and got plugged back in. But before that, I was like, uh, you know, I wasn't connected at all. We didn't have any African friends around or anything like that. We were just kind of like just trying to figure it out. Wow. What, what was the initial reason you guys moved to the U.S.? You know, same reason, better life, better future, uh, American dream. I guess education, I I know for definitely for the culture, education is definitely an expectation uh, Mm. in the African culture. Mm. But with all the challenges that you guys had to face, uh, was it like a privilege to to get education? What were some of the challenges uh, and how did it impact uh, your education uh, in terms of just being able to go out there and do the things that you wanted to do? Um. It, it pushed me definitely very much because I was very um, I was very driven to like um, make sure that I didn't let my like let my mom down because you know what I'm saying like I just had so much you know she was just giving so much for us to me my because I have two brothers so she was just giving so much to make sure that we were good so I was like I can't afford to to slip up and you know what I'm saying like not do what I'm supposed to do so um, yeah it definitely it definitely motivated me to to keep going. And make sure that you know I gave back to her and everything that she was doing. Um, so yeah, that definitely a big motivator. Yeah, you talked about your father phasing out. How did that impact you uh, growing up? Um, it was good. It was good. Um, he was abusive to my mom, so it was it was very. Also, it was very good because we we almost were homeless at a time because he left and he was like the one who he was the one who sent us here my mom was was wasn't working um so she didn't have a job so when he left we were like we couldn't afford to like live anywhere um so that was tough but we were like as far as like happy wise like my mom was a lot happier so that was what mattered to me um but financially it was really hard so that also made us work harder because we're like oh shoot now we really can't afford to you know slip up because you know (laughs) you you know after we graduate you know what are we gonna do you know mom can't take care like not she can't take care of us, but financially, like we need to take care of her, you know. So yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, bro. And oh, it's good. Um, ter- good. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the in terms of the things uh growing up, the I mean being young, uh black male, right? Uh, and being in that situation, I feel like so much pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel so much pressure in terms of you know, you should be the man of the house and uh, the I, I know that motivated you to really go out there and grind and do everything you can. 
But can you talk a little bit more about that pressure? Were there times that you feel like uh, you should have done more or like there were times you feel like you don't want to be in this situation? Um, when I look back at it, I mean, there's times where I felt like I should have done more and I should have done, you know, so on and so forth. But when I look at it now, like when I look back now, I think everything happened the way it was supposed to. Um, so like I think back in college where I'm like, or high school where I'm like, I could have studied harder. If I studied harder, I could have gotten a bigger scholarship and I wouldn't have the loans I have now, you know, that I'm paying off from, from Baylor. Um, mm -hmm. But in that same breath, because I have the loans I have from, ba from Baylor, when I was, you know, at Samsung, still making good money, but I was like, man, I would wish I had more money to take home. What can I mm -hmm. do to get more money to take home? So that start make calls me looking into entrepreneurship and, um, you know, look into different roles. It would make me more money. So anyways, the point what I'm saying is, Every time where I like I thought I think back, I'm like, man, I could have done this better. I could have, you know, worked hard to get a scholarship or a Baylor. I could have worked hard to get better grades to get a first. My first job would, would have been better. But it's like when you think back and say, OK, if I did that, would I be here where I am today? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, I do think think about those those areas like, you know, high school and college getting better because I'd have good grades in college, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. So if I did work harder, then would I be where I am today? I don't know. Um, so I, I like to think about it that way. Wow, that's amazing. And one thing that I, I, I know for sure, so I definitely can't imagine that you always had the idea of going to college, but the fact that, I mean, you growing up in the situation you grew up in, you, did you have people who, who told you about college, about the things that you needed to do, or is it just something that you had to figure out? What was that process like? You just figured it out. <laughs> yeah, you just, you know, my mom didn't, you know, our parents didn't go to college in, in you know, uh, the U.S. So, um, it was, yeah, it was just my mom. And she was always staying on us, checking our grades, logged in. And oh, why'd you get, you know, why'd you get this grade? Yeah. You know, how this happened? You know, yeah. um, you, you experienced the same thing? Like, yeah, like, it, def definitely my parents always checking my grades. Always checking the grades. And it was, I think that was probably because it's like, I had some friends and I asked them like, oh, do your parents check your grades? And like, no. I was like, what? So how, how do they know how you're doing? It's like, oh, I tell them. Well, I don't tell them. I'm like, wow, that must be nice. <laughs> so, yeah. but I think. Bye, Lori. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, please. I think, I think to your point though, it's, that was one thing that kind of kept me like, my mom was always, always on my tail to make sure like, oh, you know, how are you doing this semester? How is this class going? How is this, you know, just staying on top of us. Um, yeah. And that was a big thing, you know, even times when I would slip up and, you know, you know, party too hard or do whatever I was doing, like, should always make sure, hey, you know, you know, what's going on, you know, what's, you know, so that's, that kept me on, on point. Yeah. And the thing is, Baylor is definitely an amazing school. It's a big school. To get in Baylor, it definitely takes a lot, right? That means you really work hard. And I feel like talking about uh, inspiring people, there are many kids out there who's in the same situation. You, you grew up in, right? But mm -hmm. they they did not have that person pushing them, checking their grade and stuff like that. So I don't feel like it's about having someone uh, telling you everything that you need to do, but having someone make, making sure that you know you are supposed to do something and then yep. letting you go figure it out is definitely important. Yep, yep, 100%. I think, yeah, that's to your point. That's really major, like having somebody who's making sure like that, you know, you can't slip up, you got to stay on your you know, stay on your stuff. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's very important. My mom was definitely major in that. Definitely. So you left high school going into Baylor. 
with all the motivation that you can gather, right? Mm-hmm. You got into a good school, you know where you came from, and you know that the opportunity you have is definitely big, and you need mm-hmm. to definitely take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. But you are also, Bylaw uh, is also a PWI school, very big, uh, very few minority. Mm-hmm. Did you feel any kind of imposter syndrome or intimidation once when you came, at the beginning when you came in? No. Not really. I mean, I, I grew up around white people. Um, my high school was like all white people, so I was I was used to being around white people. Um, mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted at the time because you know I was still new to America, like, and I got bullied a lot by black people at the time. I didn't want to be around black people, so <laughs> um, at the time, you know, I was like, okay, I'm happy. Be of course now that's changed because um, you know I joined mm-hmm. a black fraternity and everything, but um, I, I wanted to be around white people at the time. So for me, it was like you know I felt okay um in that space but it was just you remember what i was uncomfortable just because like all the like a lot of people had money you know i didn't have money so mm-hmm. that was kind of like a different adjustment understanding mm-hmm. that yeah do you remember when you wanted to be an engineer when when did that seed got planted in you uh, my dad was an engineer so i was that was why you know nigerians yeah we don't have many options <laughs> yeah, you know, engineer, doctor, or lawyer. So, you know, I was I was good at math, so I chose engineering. Okay. That was that was really it. <laughs> was it? Do you feel like it's an introduction to your dad? Was it like I want to do what my dad did, or is just what I'm good at? That's what I want to push it. It was just I was good at math, and I didn't want it to make money. Like no, yeah. that, was, that was literally it. That was literally it. Yeah. I figured out halfway. Yeah, go ahead. I figured out halfway through college that I hated engineering. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I really do not like this, but you know, I have to finish through. Um, so, yeah, I'm so sorry. I don't have a, a super exciting story about my passion for engineering. I'm happy I'm out of it. <laughs> okay. I guess on the other side of things, though, do you feel like that because of the situation with your dad, is you wanted to stay away from even doing something that looked like what he did? Um, no. Um, yeah, I was just, my main concern was really just making money because mm-hmm. we just didn't have any money. So it was like, what can yeah. I do to make, make sure we make money. So, um, I, your family. yeah, I wasn't worried. Like I'm indifferent to like everything that happened in his situation. Um, I don't really, it doesn't really bother me. So. Yeah. What fraternity are you in right now? Uh, five beta Sigma. Okay. I haven't heard too much about that one at UT. Is yeah, it- they're not at UT. They're at um, because you know you you probably heard heard of Alpha Kappa Alpha Psi, um, mm-hmm. maybe Qs, but Sigmas are different. I'm not sure if we have a whole lot in Texas. At Baylor, we do UNT, some other Texas schools. We have them, but that at UT. Yeah. So how's your uh, how how's the learning curve? So you you left uh, Samsung as an engineer and you came in as a project manager in Apple. Uh, how has been? I'm sure now you are you are managing people, you are helping people develop, and you also take part into uh, you are part in you take part in some rooms where you have you are part of the people's making the decision. How that learning curve has been for you? Do you feel like it's are you, earlier, you talked about the challenges that Apple is definitely challenging you. Can you talk about how hard it has, has it been for you to adapt in your new role? Oh, it's been very difficult. Very, very difficult. Um, working 24-hour days, 
not 24 hour days, uh, but like 12, like as, as soon as I, you know, from wake to, to sleep, you know, just working. Um, so it's been, it's been very hard adjusting and figuring out, you know, what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to do it. You know, cause I said, I'm not, I, I don't have a, a lot of people like ask me on LinkedIn, like, Oh, you don't have a PMP. You don't have a master's, you know, how do you get into project management? Um, especially the Apple, all this stuff. And I'm like, look, don't ask me. Ask my boss who hired me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I mean, of course, you know, I took a lot of steps to get to where, where, where I'm at. But um, as far as like my learning curve, it's it's been just really, it's been really tough. Um, so it's just me just taking time all my, you know, days off, my weekends to make sure like I know what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's paid off. You know, I've been doing really well for my, you know, bosses and, directors and stuff like that so um that's been good but there's always the imposter syndrome where you feel like you still are not enough and i still have that mm-hmm. so um working on getting over that it's very hard because it's like when you're at a company like apple with so many intelligent smart people you don't ever know if you're doing enough mm-hmm. so um yeah that's kind of where it's at i see yeah, and also another question that I had, it is like, it is well known that corporate America has a long story of not treating minority employees well. Uh, and we came a long way, definitely, right? But we also still have more ways to go in terms of just removing biases and systems that uh, that put some kind of inequality in terms of the advancement of minority people versus other Caucasian people. What has been your experience so far, not just at Apple, but at Samsung in terms of that as a black employee? Um, Samsung was cool. Um, Samsung was cool. I, I didn't really feel like, you know, there was any, I feel like people, because I'm also like taller and I have tattoos and stuff like that, like people didn't initially think I knew what I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they just thought I was just, you know, I don't know, <laughs> but, you know, I had to like kind of really show people, okay, you know, this guy isn't just some guy at this job, like he knows what he's doing. So I think mm-hmm. you do have to kind of work a little harder to prove yourself, but at Apple, uh, Apple is a really, like, they care about diversity a lot. Like they really, really push diversity initiatives and really care about making sure people are comfortable, you know what I'm saying, in their space. So um, it's been good, like with Apple, like I, I feel very comfortable. Um, they mm-hmm. always encourage it. They, you know, give people a space to open forums, talk. So um, it's just it's just tough because there's there's no there's still unfortunately like as much as as much space as they give for minorities to be open and feel comfortable, um, there still isn't that many minorities um, at the company. Um, so yeah. now the initiatives, you know, working on that to improve that for sure. Like they're definitely working on that, but um, it's not there yet. So um, that's that's the only thing. Yeah, I've been thinking about that actually recently. I read this book and I saw something about that is very less. The fact that every, the fact that there's like about, there's less than 10% of minority people in an executive team, it makes it very less likely for a minority person to be CEO of the company. Yep. Connecting, connecting that to all the way down to the internship class, right? If a minority, if someone who come in as an intern, the intern has at least 30 years before they can become a CEO, if they do everything right, that means we may need to have a percentage of minority. If we want a minority person to be CEO 30 years from now, 
we need to focus on recruiting yep. at least more than 50% of minority yep. students in our recruiting class for the next 30 years to just give minority a chance. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. But the thing is, are we doing that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough because it's like I one I heard a story from one person who was saying that um like some like some of these some of these big companies, you know, like for black people to get hired, I feel like you have to be almost like perfect. Like um like some one guy, I think he was I forget what company he was at, but he was at one of the like big, like one of the Facebook type companies, but um, he mentioned he was like, yeah, you know, um, there was a guy hired on his team, you know, and he was um, an ex, like ex NASA, ex SpaceX, ex, you know, all these, you know, big companies. Um, yeah. And it's like, why is this? And, you know, and another person who's not black that they hire, he just came from, you know, a regular state school. And he's like, why is it that a black person has to have all these credentials to qualify, you know? Um, like well why is it that we have to be so perfect for us to say okay he's good enough to be here so that, that was that was one thing is like you know we need to be able, like there's the the playing field still needs to be level set um for us yeah. Yeah, but about your entrepreneurship are, are you still what are some entrepreneurial activities that you are posting right now um i have a clothing brand um that i'm working on um, with my mom it's called kagoni um so building that up trying to figure out how to how to I launched it last September, um, built the website and Instagram, all that good stuff. So um, that's been pretty fun. It's kind of like my art, my artistic outlet. Um, so doing that. And then as far as um, have a working on a startup with a couple of friends that helps um, students find jobs using artificial intelligence, it's called Graduate. Um, so that's been fun as well. Very challenging, but um, definitely fun. So those wow. are the things that I'm working on right now. Um, it's very hard to balance it with Apple, but you know, we find a way. That's already out there. Uh, those two things. Yep. Yep. Okay. Ade, can you please send me those uh, names at the end also? Uh, yes. That's I'll, amazing, I'll, bro. I'll send it to you right now. Yeah. This is the true, definitely the definition of hustling. Uh, doing your work outside of your job. Yeah. It is. It's very hard <laughs> so yeah so kagoni is the clothing kagoni is the closing clothing brand and graduate is the um um, um what's it called the uh platform for artificial, artificial intelligence yeah. platform that's amazing uh so as we're closing here i just want to ask you have you thought about the legacy that you're trying to live? I know you talked about uh, your motivation was always to be able to to have a job where you have enough money, right, mm -hmm. to help your uh, support your family. That's not something that you had. Mm -hmm. But now, where you are and thinking beyond and your vision in the future, what what what's your why? Uh, what make what makes you wake up every day to go out and chase your dreams? Um, I haven't figured it out yet, to be honest um of course it was taking care of my mom but like now i'm like taking care of her like now it's like that's good so now it's kind of like i don't know that's a really good question um as far as like my what i've always wanted to do i guess put in context was to be able to like take care of my mom so like i just you know i'm able to send her a certain amount of money a month where she's not she's like really good and i can do that now um so now it's like that was always what i was trying to work to so now it's like working to get to a situation where I can, 
like not have to work for, of course, it's typical. Like I don't work for anybody else. I don't have my mm-hmm. own thing. So I guess that's the next, the next goal. Build your own empire. Exactly. Yeah. Build my own, build my own thing. So is it going to be the graduate? Is it going to be Kidoni? I don't know. But it'd be really dope to have something because I'm really into art and music and a lot of like different like things. Like, so if I can get into a space where I can do something like that, you know, with tech, that'd be super, super dope. That's like my ultimate goal. Um, how that's going to look getting there, I'm not sure, but um, that's what it's all about, you know, working towards that uncertainty. Definitely. That is amazing, man. I'm, I'm so much rooting for you. And uh, man, that's big. And I know as a project manager, you definitely don't have so much time, but just when you care about something, you'll definitely create time for things. Exactly. That's facts. hundred percent. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes uh, right here, I don't know if you see it, is I think it's possible for ordinary people to choose to be extraordinary. And I really believe in that. I like that. The people that are extraordinary today was ordinary one day uh, before, right? So they, they, they managed to find a way to be extraordinary. And I feel like we have the blessings and the ability to do that if we want to. I like that. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. That's dope. Let's let's stay in touch. I'll definitely keep you updated uh, with the things. I know you. I know you have a meeting right after this, but I'm definitely rooting for you, bro. And let's stay in touch through LinkedIn. And I'm definitely excited to see what's coming next for you and the things that you're doing. I'm gonna always. check out your businesses. For sure, for sure. Yeah, always. I'm most excited for you too. Thanks for taking the time to talk. Always like sharing, and I, I like this platform that you created. So keep keep on doing what you're doing. It's uh definitely. it's really dope. Giving giving voices to people so other people can kind of see and be inspired as well definitely and maybe one day you can come and talk more about kegoni and grad grad you hit yep 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 definitely definitely yeah i'm down for that all right bro keep shining have a great day for sure take it easy thank you so much for taking your time and listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it if you feel like this episode has helped you in any way share it with a friend family or loved one Before you leave, make sure to subscribe for more.